Welcome to the Modern Creative Podcast. Listen in as we connect with other creative entrepreneurs and have real conversations about life, business, and everything in between. Owning a creative business doesn't have to be confusing or overwhelming, and you don't have to go at it alone. It's absolutely possible to be successful as a modern creative, and we want to help you to go after your own creative dreams. Welcome to the Modern Creative Podcast. We're super excited for today's guest because we're chatting all about attracting your audience, working through the fears that come with being vulnerable on social media, and so much more. Before we get started, I wanted to remind you listeners to leave a review on iTunes if you haven't already. Leaving a review helps us to get to know who's enjoying the podcast and it helps us to reach more creatives like yourself. All right, so let's get started. For today's episode, we are welcoming Ariel Astoria. Yay, hi. <laughs> to our podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm yeah. excited for this. Okay, so I would love for you to share with our audience what you do. If you guys follow along, you guys already know she is amazing. But for those who don't know, I would love for you to kind of share your background and what you do today. Yeah, so I, my name is Ariella Storia. I kind of have put myself in this category of conversation. So I'm a poet, speaker, and MC. I've adapted the dance party event host um, this term. And then I also do some modeling and acting and social media storytelling. And none of that I went to school for. So <laughs> I went to school to get a BA in psychology and to do art therapy for kids yeah, that's not what I'm doing, but I'm doing art therapy for human beings, which is pretty cool. No, you absolutely do that. That's why I wanted you to introduce yourself because I was like, she does so many things. I don't even know where to start. So Ariel, you're just like, how I would describe you in like a short sentence is like just a human that's killing it. Like, yeah. Oh, thank you. That's you really so sweet. are. Like, I'm like such a, I'm just so, I love watching. And I'm sure you get this all the time. Like, I'm, I'm like cheering you on like, yes, she is just watching it. Like everyone deserves to get to know you and hear your voice and hear you speak. So we're really excited to have you today. You <laughs> ladies are also killing it as well. Thank you. Isn't it so funny that we like automatically do that? Oh my like gosh. Guys, it's like, the oh. worst. We're like, I'm a feminist. I'm a da 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 da. And they were like, hey guys. We're like, hey, no, guys. <laughs> right. don't do that. <laughs> I'm weird and I do that even when, like, if I teach calligraphy workshops and I, like, assign a sex to things because I'm weird and I'm like, oh, grab your your pen. He's this one. And I'm like, why is he a he? (laughs) Why can't this this blue pen be a she? Right. Exactly. I catch myself. (laughs) I tell Patrick, my husband, about the little fatty that lives inside of me that loves to eat things. And it's a boy. So I'll be like... He's just really hungry today. I don't know why it's a boy, but he just is. I love that so much. I <laughs> kind of give a, a gender. Now. Yeah, so she could be a girl. She could be yeah. whatever she wants to with a high up yeah. too. I give gender to really everything, but it fluctuates yeah. a whole lot. Like it'll be like, okay, my couch is for some reason a her. Don't know where that came from, but my cacti are he. So yeah. it's very strange. Well, because guys are more prickly than girls. So. Oh, maybe <laughs> that could be it. That could be it. Oh my goodness. Okay. I love this so much. Okay. So let's dive into our topic. But uh, I actually really want to start off with like the story of finding your voice because Mm -hmm. I started following you. I don't, I can't remember honestly if we met in person first or if I, we were like friends on social media first. I really don't remember, but I feel like over the past few years, I feel like it's it's like watching a story unfold. Mm. And I feel like you've been discovering your voice 
more and more, if that makes sense. So I would yeah. love to like kind of hear your your take on that whole journey. Yeah, absolutely. So I have always loved words. Like I've always just fell in love with words. I've always articulated myself best through story and through simile, through prose, even as like a pretty quiet, introverted and insecure teenager that I was, I still journaled a whole lot. I had journal upon journal upon journal where, and that's where I communicated. That's where I spoke to myself and, and said things about people that I couldn't <laughs> say to them, aka a long list of crushes with long hair who look like Ashton Kutcher. And, <laughs> um, and so I kind of have always just associated myself with this love for words and this love for language. And it kind of grew out of this space of not really knowing my voice and not really knowing how to navigate through this space of confidence or this space of owning what I believed in and what I was passionate about and, and saying it regardless of how it was viewed or what it looked like to other people. And so it came out of this, this space of like finding my voice. And I have this journal prompt that I do with my workshops and it's this idea of, again, you know, adding a gender to it, but meeting her or meeting him. So this encounter of meeting your voice and adapting it from this like third party perspective of if you were to face to face with this voice of yours, who would they be? Would they be confident? Would they be passionate? Would they not bite their tongue? Would they be soft-spoken? Who would they be if you were to encounter this voice in a 30 party perspective? So I have this poem called Finding Her. And I really think that I was encountered by this voice that existed inside of me for so long, but I never really let her exist. I never really let her breathe just out of fear of what other people would think about me or how I would be viewed or not saying the right thing or not thinking I would be liked based off of what I said. And so like, I think like all growth and like all transformation, it starts from doing the opposite of things. So now it it is my job to get on stage or to get in a a video recording or, or to do a podcast where I utilize my voice. And that's only because for so long, I didn't know how to. Yeah, I love that so much. You know, I, I like to talk about strengths as I mean, sorry, uh, weakness as a strength gone wrong. Mm. So it's like the strength that you naturally have mm. that has been twisted or, yeah. you know, it's it, there's been insecurities added on top of the strength that you actually have. Yeah. And I love that a lot of the times when we talk to people or when we see people a certain way, like, like wow, that person must be so confident or that person is so talented or whatever that X factor is for that person. Yeah. It's funny because if you actually hear their story, that's the main struggle that they had, which is why they feel so attached and passionate about the topic that they're speaking about. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So can you, let's dive into that a little bit more about the fear aspect, because I'm Mm -hmm. sure a lot of our listeners that are listening right now are like, okay, well she can do it because she is (laughs) a poet or she's a speaker or she's a model. Like obviously you can relate so much to that. So how did you, what was your journey through fear and how did you overcome that? Yeah, I think I started to realize, especially through acting is kind of like my first love. So I first started in the theater world. And so it was really easy to get on stage and tell the stories of other people. It was really easy to step into the shoes of another person 
and declare their journey and declare their worth and their value and their struggle and everything in between. But then poetry came about and it was sharing my story, uh, my value, my worth, my processing and everything in between. And obviously public speaking is like top 10 (laughs) of fears just in general, you know, it's like spiders, heights, public speaking, you know, like it's, it's up there. Like people are like, dear God, please do not call on me. Please do not ask me to speak out loud. And I think for me being on stage in other people's shoes made it so easy to be able to get back on stage and share my truth and share my story. And so I was kind of, I think I not cheated, but I was never, even though I was pretty insecure in in my middle school, high school stage, I was that kid in the videos where you can like hear her in the background and she's like, daddy, look at me. Hey, daddy. Hey, point the camera over here. Hey, look at me. Hey, look at me. Like (laughs) any elevated space in a house, like I was probably on it and turned it into a stage. And so as a kid, that was always me. I was always performing. I had a whole alter ego that did shows and, and performed. And then I got to that point in between where I was so caught up in what other people could say, what other people would think. And a lot of times, most times, people are not paying attention to us. I think I learned that in yoga the most. They're like, worry about yourself. Like, worry about your own poses. Worry about your own balance. Because once you start looking at everyone else, you're going to throw yourself off. So in reality, most times, people are probably not paying us as much attention as we think they are. And then the other end of that is we then associate that so negatively, like if they are thinking about us and they're probably saying something really mean or really judgmental when in actuality, I think our own mentalities are saying that to ourselves, right? Um, So true. Like we say we are our own worst enemy, you know, I think that that reigns really true to ourselves. And so a lot of times it's like, who's actually keeping me from doing this? And at the end of the day, it was myself because everyone around me saw this thing in me where I was supposed to perform or I was supposed to pursue poetry and all my mentors saw that in me and I just did not see it in myself at all. And so it took a lot of just like this spearheading of really amazing people around me kind of pushing me towards that and simultaneously getting myself out of my own head. Because that's really where the detriment was. And I think a lot of times when we're fearful in that way, it's only where ourselves are keeping us in that space. And so I think when I would tell people, you know, I, I know you have a story. And the only thing that's keeping you from sharing that story is probably yourself. So how do we get to the point where we stop getting in our own way? and let the truth of our story breathe and exist without our own hindrances. Definitely. Are there anything like tangible that you do to break out of that place when you are feeling insecure? I think it's like constantly reminding myself, like I'm an Enneagram four, if anyone is familiar with the Enneagram. Mm And the, and the, the four loves to be different. We love to be unique. That's the individualist, right? The individualistic, okay. yes. <laughs> individualistic, hopeless, romantic. That's us. We are thriving. Um, and we love to be unique. They're like described as the snowflakes of the nine Enneagram types. 
And so for me, it's like I realize the way I bring poetry to the table, the way I bring conversation to the table, the way I do social media is not the way another person does a poem or another poet does a poem or another model does Instagram. Like I realized that what I brought to the table was different. What I brought to the table was not just a product, but an experience. And so in those moments where I doubt what my purpose is and what I'm called to do in those moments, one, getting out of my own head, getting out of my own way, and two, realizing that like me doing this work is not really for me. It's for other people. And the amount of people who have said that you just recited what was in my head or you just recited what was in my heart and like I can't not do the work because of how much I know it heals and impacts other people. So I would be doing a disservice not only to myself but to what I have to offer to the world if I don't step into that space. So it's kind of like this like suck it up. <laughs> like get out of your own head, get out of your own insecurities and like put on the pants that you've been made to wear and and shaped to wear and walk confidently in that. I love that you mentioned this because we have a lot of creative entrepreneurs who are listening to us. Typically, they're just starting their business or they've been in business maybe up to two years. But like this can apply to your business as well, guys, because if you're not putting yourself out there, you're, you're doing a disservice, just yeah. like Ariel said, by not sharing your talent, yeah. by not offering this service that can help someone that can, you know, bring joy to their day, like whatever it is that your product or service does. If you're not sharing it, you're doing a disservice to those people. Yeah, absolutely. And then like my mom, so she's branching out and, and speaking and she kept saying, you know, I don't have time to write my book. I don't have time to sit down and do these things. And I told her, I was like, mom, there are women who have not yet unlocked their freedom because you refuse to write down the keys to give it to them. Oh my gosh. Well, well yeah, we're just going to end right there. <laughs> yeah. because that was a drop mic moment. Thank you for listening. And so I think that applies to you. all of us. Like there are people who are going to hear your story and walk freely and who they are. They're going to walk confidently in what they've been called to do. You're going to give them that last spurt of confirmation, of information, inspiration, but you refuse to put it down on paper or you refuse to start the business or you refuse, you know, to just press post, you know? Um, and a lot of that is just because of fear and doubt. And those things are such great there are greatest cheerleaders, to be completely honest, because they will either cheer us on to the point of stopping us, or they're going to continue to cheer us on and, and get in our head to the point where we push past them. So though those elements of fear and doubt, or I don't have enough time, those are excuses, right? That we, that we very much so may have in some seasons, but at the core of what it is, is that you have, you have keys, um, inside of you that are meant to unlock something else for someone else. So who are you to say, I'm not going to put that down on paper. I'm not going to launch that business because why? You know, um, because there's, you think there's too many of them because you think you're not qualified enough, you wouldn't have been given that idea or that imprint if it were not for you to execute 
All right, that was it. That's no, now we can also <laughs> drop a second mic. Like if I had a, if I could insert the like the sound effect, this is where it would go. But honestly, I, mean, I just want to go to yoga because I'm like, if this is the confidence that I will unlock through yoga. I'm honestly, I'm it's the it. best hot yoga. I I swear by it. <laughs> swear yes. by it. No, I'm also a fan of hot yoga. But I mean, when you touched upon fear, it's like. You guys, if you oh, see, I did it again. I said, you guys, you people, <laughs> yeah. whatever your pronouns are, okay? <laughs> yeah, you people, you human <laughs> beings listening. Once you push past fear, like I promise there's something amazing on the mm-hmm. other side of that mm-hmm. lessons or I don't know, like whatever. There's a lot of things that can be amazing after mm-hmm. you just push past this fear, but you're never going to know if you don't hit post or publish yeah. or, or share. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think of. In, in college, you have to attend this like 10 day backpacking trip in order to do this leadership position, which is like a resident advisor. And part of the backpacking trip is you have to propel or repel whichever the flying off of a rock exercise is that one. Oh, Diana would know. She does this. Yeah. I don't remember what it's called, but okay. I, know what I, think about. It, I think it's repelling, right? Maybe. Anyway, so you have to like climb up this giant rock i think ours was 65 feet of a drop down and so you climb up and then you each take turns like just being strapped in and then just flying off of it to get to the floor i don't do heights i don't do really outdoorsy things a whole lot so this was like a big deal so i'm i'm on the, the rock, like I'm strapped in and I'm holding so tightly onto the rope and you have to kind of inch down. So you have to release a little bit and then clasp on and release a little bit and clasp on. And I had, I was so scared that I kept clasping on to the point where I got stuck. Um, so I'm dangling mid 30 feet. I have another 35, 40 to get to the ground and I I can't let go. Like I'm so afraid that I'm going to fall that I just stay stuck. And I think a lot of times we do that in our life. We do that in relationships. We do that in our career where we've already making the, we've already made the jump or maybe we're, we're at the point where we haven't even made the jump yet. We're either stuck on the rock, we're stud, we're stuck mid rock or we get to the ground and we're stuck there because we just went through this giant obstacle and we don't know where to go from there. There's so many areas where we can get stuck. So I'm, I'm dangling there stuck and I'm so afraid of letting go that I just don't. And a lot of times, all it is is just this, imagine this, like, grasping of a rope that only wants to release you back down to the ground, but we're so afraid to let go of it. And I think when we create these businesses, when we create these ideas, it's like this 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 baby that we create, it's this thing that we create that the the most terrifying thing is like, what happens when I put it out there? What happens when I let go of this rope? You get you get to the ground. What happens is another person experiences it. And so we have these concepts of fear that can cripple us. But again, if we decide to unleash the rope a little bit, we have no idea how far that could take us. This is so good and so resonating for creatives out there because yeah. 
creatives have this like I, I like to call it constipation because <laughs> they have like so many ideas that yeah. they don't put out or so much work that's just stuffed in their closet. Yeah. And that's why so many if you look back in history, so many famous artists who are now like you know, everyone knows her name. <laughs> they didn't mm-hmm. get famous until after they passed because they didn't right. share their work. Yeah. And yeah. So that totally reminds me of that. And uh-huh. I think this speaks exactly like what you're saying, like to a lot of people who are holding on. I heard a really similar story, except it was the uh, the 9-11 situation mm-hmm. where someone was ready to die. They're like, I, I can't. I'm too scared to go down. And then the firefighter was like, do it scared. Do it scared then. You mm-hmm. you, you yeah. have a will to live. And he was like telling her that. And then after that, she's like, I'm fearless. Like, yes, like literally. So I love yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, the fear is always going to be there. So you can do one of two things. You can let it stop you or you can let it feel you. No, that's, that's <laughs> we're on our third drop mic. And as a tangent, I'm just really glad that when Diana mentioned constipation, she said stuffed in the closet and not anywhere else. <laughs> 12 i'm like a 12 year old boy so thank you for for saying closet instead of something else or i would have like just died laughing and we would have had to end this constipation get out of here diana i throw really weird examples around because it's like constipation i like to call myself a creative minded person you know yeah sometimes weird stuff has to come out it does it does or or you're constipated yes Okay, Ariel, I wanted to mention that I just super, super, super love the clip that you shared on your Instagram recently. And guys, we will, oh, I did it again. <laughs> People that are listening, we will put the link in the description of what I'm talking about exactly. But you shared this clip on Instagram. You're on the beach. You're with a group of young girls with this, I don't know if they're an organization called Shine With Her, mm-hmm. but you were having them repeat that they're beautiful, that Mm. they're capable. And it was just so empowering. And I think it's, I mean, at any age, right? But especially at that age, it's like, that's something that they really, really needed to hear. And with any speaking engagement that you have, it's like, it's just so uplifting and so empowering. Yeah. How how did you get started with speaking on stages? And can you share a little bit more about like what your larger message or mission is Mm -hmm. when it comes to speaking? Yeah, so I first started really with my my freshman girls, just like telling them that they are valuable and that they're enough. And so as a resident advisor and, and a mentor, I kind of used poetry to encourage and to love on them. And then that ventured into speaking on other halls and speaking to other girls of the same message. Um, and then that turned into speaking at my university uh, at during chapels and, and during sessions and, and senior chapel panels and things like that. And then that turned into this girl finding me on Twitter and flying me to Houston for a conference that she was putting on and speaking to those women. And then it just kind of spiraled. And so one of the first bigger conferences I did was um, Yellow Conference, which is where I, I'm pretty sure I met Diana. And um, yeah, yeah, right. That's where we met. Yeah, that's what, when you were we saying that before, earlier. But I don't remember. Really? But I we for sure I for sure saw you at Yellow, but I feel like it was it could have been yellow, but I feel like there was another smaller 
event where I saw Okay. I think it was like a yellow pop-up. Oh, like yeah. Like when they were yeah, still yeah, doing right. those. Probably that, yeah. Yeah. So they used to do these like pop-up sessions throughout the year to lead up to the conference. But I, I did the yellow conference. I emceed it. And then I also did poetry there. And then as the the time went on and I've been doing this uh almost like 10, five years now, which is crazy. I, I realized that no matter who I was talking to, teenage girls, young girls, mama preschoolers, women of tech at Google, influencers for Lululemon, I, I noticed that the conversation and the narrative was always the same in terms of like, no matter how much I've done, no matter how many followers I have, no matter how many degrees I have, I still don't feel like I'm enough. I still don't feel like I have a place at the table. So then I started to know, like, I don't want to talk to the professional. Yes, I want to be in these professional worlds. But when I get there, I'm not going to talk to the professional. I'm going to talk to the person. And what I'm going to say to the person is how valuable they are, how qualified and capable and beautiful and enough they are outside of their professional, outside of their um, educational or, or career success. I'm going to talk to who they are as a human being. And so my narrative, no matter what stage I'm on, is the same. I kind of take this like third party perspective of like, if if I didn't know you, if I didn't know what you did, and I was just talking to you as a person, that's what I do on stage. And I did a, a camp for hairstylists, which was like really fun. And, and I emceed that it. so fun. It was so <laughs> was it like fun. It was, it kind of like they would do like breakout sessions where they cut hair and they learn balayage. And like, it was wild and so fun. They're the sweetest humans. So when I spoke to them, I spoke from the perspective of being the person in the chair. So I do that in every other environment that I'm in. If I'm talking from talking to mama preschoolers, I'm talking to them from the perspective of being an oldest child to a mom who I love and who I watched immerse herself in this role as wife and role as mom, and then started watching her go back to the woman, um, go back to who she was and what she was passionate about as a woman outside of her roles. So I, I take this outside perspective, and then I use that to speak in and to speak to. I'm curious, how, where do you start this point? Because I, I'm like on the other side listening. I'm like, wow, that is so cool that you're able to create that kind of narrative for people. Cause that's so true. Like even with the hair, hair, um, stylist situation, like I didn't really think about it until you said it, but I'm like, actually my hairstylist is kind of like my therapist. Cause I talk <laughs> yeah. about a lot of things. And, yeah. You know, it's so true. Like I feel like anyone, no matter what, you know, what career they have, they can benefit from, from being able to, you know, speak from that narrative um, right. and have that. So where do you start? Like, do you start, because I know some people are verbal processors, so they do like voice notes, or do you start with like meditation, journaling? Like, I'm just curious how, how you find your first idea. Yeah. So I'm such a f- feeler. And so when it comes down to it, it comes down to the feeling. When people 
you know, fill out my booking request and, and they go through that whole process. If I'm writing a custom poem for them, I also have them fill out a content questionnaire. And it's kind of like, for me, it's like a research paper. So I want to know their values. I want to know their mission statement. I want to see videos that they've done from prior events. I want to know their demographic. I want to know how many people are usually there, all of that. And I kind of funnel all of that. I hop into conversations with the people who are hiring me and I ask them, what is your goal and heart with this event? What would you like to say to your audience, right? Because they can only do so much from behind the scenes or they can only do so much in in their conversations in between talks or however the event is set up. So what I want to do is I want to take their heart essentially for why they're creating that event in the first place. And I want to put that in a poem. Um, So that's kind of where the process starts. And once I get the idea, once I get the imprint, I continuously think about it. So I'm really bad at like, I don't usually write the poem until like two, three days right. <laughs> before the event right, to right. be but completely like honest. Yeah. yeah, I don't really write it in, unless there's like guidelines and stuff like that, or I have to submit it at a certain point in time, then I'll, I'll get it done by my deadline. But for the most part, it's like, not last minute, but it's just like, I want it to kind of like soak up all the things they give me. And then I just spill it out. And then when I'm at the event, like I could have the poem ready to go. So for hair camp, the poem existed. It was there. The moment I stepped onto the campgrounds and I started meeting people and seeing their faces, a whole nother aspect of spelling started happening. And like, I occasionally will throw like melodies or songs into my poems too. And so I'm in the bathroom and I just start singing. Like I'm like, mind you, like maybe 10 minutes before I get on stage and I'm just singing in the bathroom. And I didn't really, I didn't know that there was another woman in there listening to me at some point. (laughs) Um, And she told, she, she told me this later, but I'm just singing in the bathroom. And then I get on stage and I start singing that song right before I do my poem for them. And that was the thing that impacted them the most because I'm like, because that was for them. Like I didn't come up with that before I got to being in that environment with them. It was specifically for them. And because I'm such a feeler, I'll change my sets. I'll change like wordings of poems once I'm on stage, because in that moment, I I know that what I'm seeing is directly towards the audience in front of me. Okay, I love that story so much because I'm listening and I'm like, I wish I was that woman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But okay, so for audience members, I feel like this is definitely where I want to extract that knowledge from you in finding that voice. Like, how did you find the confidence to even allow yourself to dive deeply like that and allow yourself to be free, to be flexible, to be inspired? Are, are there anything like you can give to our audience as tips to be able to find their own voice? Yeah. So I think the element of being able to step confidently into my into my voice first started with being able to walk confidently in my own body. So the biggest picture or story I can give for that is Zumba class. 
<laughs> I love that. Like, one of my first workouts was going to a Saturday morning with Angie Zumba class across the street from my college. And I would always go to the back. I would let all the other women and they were probably like 30 to 40 to even 50 or 60 years old. And they would be in the front and they would get it like they were going (laughs) in and they would sweat and they would move and they would laugh and and being able to see that gave me this like permission to do the same so I would leave Zumba and I no bond could tell me anything about (laughs) who I was or who I wasn't and so it was this like freedom to move and freedom to dance in my own body that also gave me the permission to have freedom to speak um, and the spree and the freedom to to speak confidently and what I had to say I think because I grew up so insecure and so quiet and I, I really just like hid and hushed my voice, I, I now realize that I could not have always lived that way. Like I wasn't meant to live that way. Like Ariel means lion. Um, like there's nothing quiet or, or small about that. And so it was really just this like, this like you think of like this stepping in and this like your shoulders rise and like with that step everything about your chest and your head just lifts and it and it felt like that like I had to embody confidence before I could be confident and for me that was in a Zumba class and so I think what I would tell people is whatever and however you embody confidence. Is that going to an improv class to get out of your own comfortability? Is that going to a Zumba class? Is that going on a hike, doing things? I think the way we achieve confidence is usually by doing something that makes us uncomfortable, right? Like or doing something that we are not confident in and building a confidence because we realize we just did a thing that we weren't confident in and we did it, you know? Right, um, right. And so doing the thing that makes you uncomfortable in order to step into this place of confidence, I think is a really big lesson I learned in Zumba class. (laughs) I feel like there's a lot of grace in that, like allowing yourself to fail or to try something without expecting some sort of a result. Right. Because confidence doesn't mean you have to do it well. Mm. It just means you do it. Right. Mm -hmm. So when it, when you do do it well, then you exceed that level of like accomplishment. You exceed that level of not only am I confident in this thing, but I now can also equip other people to be confident in this thing. But just because you are confident in something, it doesn't mean you do it well. It's just a matter of the fact that you did it. That's awesome. I mean, that's the fourth one right there. (laughs) My my mic We hope that you are feeling a little bit more fearless after listening to this episode. We definitely encourage you to share your truth, to speak up, to share your story, because if you don't, it is a disservice to those who you can help and impact. And we also encourage you to get out of your own way because you do have something to share. You have a story to share. And once you push past that fear and that doubt, something amazing will be waiting for you on the other side. 
And, you know, maybe after this episode, you're now going to take a hot yoga or a Zumba class. We hope so. (laughs) I mean, if you do, take photos, tag all three of us. Yes. (laughs) Until the next time, guys, thank you for listening. 